literally before we started recording, Hannah was like, yeah, I just wish I could see the Sabres in the playoffs. And Chrissy's like, and I know we sound spoiled, but... I know! (laughs) Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for clicking on today's episode. Just a quick little disclaimer. 10 minutes of our guest audio is cut out. It was my fault because I did not hit record. So we introduce our guest, and then you don't hear them until five minutes in. So apologies for that. But we still wanted to keep everything in because we talk about the pens and Trevor Daly, which obviously we have uh, a lot of the fun stuff to say. So sorry for the confusion. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to Where's My Stick? My name is Christy. I'm Danielle. And today we have a special guest guest so we have hannah from twitter joining us today and we're i'm like excited but like nervous because danielle usually does this our first topic for today is trevor daly he he decided to retire after 1050 games where he's had 89 goals um 220 assists for a total of 309 points and literally the second after he announced that he was retired he was retiring the penguins hired him as a (laughs) hockey operation advisor so this role is kind of open-ended and he is going to be under the direct supervision of Jim Rutherford, where he is going to be assisting in player evaluations at both the NHL and the AHL level. And he's going to be acting as an eye in the sky for coaching staff during games. So, yeah, Daly said that it was kind of difficult for him to stop playing. But with an opportunity like this, it kind of made the decision easier for him. Okay, so, like, rationally, I am a little skeptical, but, like, my heart is just, like, thrilled that he's back in Pittsburgh. Like, I absolutely succumbed to the, like, the throwback memories of him hoisting the cup, like, all of the runs, all the goals. Like, it brought me back to when I was truly happy as a hockey fan, and (laughs) just, like, I fell into the Penn's trap. But then, like, like when you said it, what is he actually doing? Is this a good job for him? I don't care. I don't. I don't really care. I'm just happy he's back. <laughs> I hope that Matt Cullen comes back so that their kids are best friends again. Isn't Matt Cullen already hired by the Penguins? He is, but he like goes back and forth. So like sometimes he's in Minnesota and sometimes he'll come back to Pittsburgh. I don't think he's like fully into Pittsburgh. And I just remember Daly's son saying that the Cullen bro- boys were his brothers. And that... Because he was an only child, right? He... No, he had his sister. Mm-hmm. But he was like, those are his brothers. And I just like, and then that's that's what life is about. Children being happy. The way, the way like the eye in the sky, I feel like they're going to have him be like a spy for Jim Rutherford to be like, who needs to go? Who is making a bad culture for the team? Like, what do we have to do here? Because isn't that what, when Matt Cullen was here, he was kind of the ear to the coaching staff and had everyone kind of, kind of, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. And they have, they haven't had that since Cullen (laughs) wasn't playing for them. So (laughs) I feel like this is kind of trying to get that magic back and kind of get just like a favorable move. He should be in the locker room. And then he like he should be going to Sullivan, not Rutherford. 
But then again, everyone says Sullivan's replacement is on the bench with him. So who knows? If like one thing we know for sure, there will be drama. So it wouldn't be, it would not be the Penguins without drama, and that goes that kind of goes into our next topic. So the Penguins also either on the same day they announced the daily hire, they announced that they fired Jason Carmanos, um, who was the assistant general manager for. For the Penguins and the general manager for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton, for Wilkes-Barre Scranton, and they didn't say why. They were just like, um, "We don't want to talk about it." And he has been relieved of his duties, and that's just that's just so Penguin. Yeah, like, and then like all the media was just like, "Of course, we will not ask any questions. No need for follow up." thing that got me is that they didn't hire someone else they just like moved other people up in the organization which they've been slowly doing since i don't know jason botterell left they were just like okay we're not gonna we're not gonna like fill that role we're just gonna move someone else up and then billy garen left and they're like and we're just gonna move someone else up so it's like four people doing the work of like probably 10 hannah i'm kind of curious as someone who um, is not a Penguins fan. Like, what do you think of what the Penguins are doing and the mess that they are? If your core has been hurt, um, like, a lot, Malkin's been hurt, Crosby's even had injury problems. Like, it's just not an ideal situation. See, I would even give the the Blackhawks a little bit more credit in the sense that they keep their first-round draft picks. Youthful players, like, the Penguins do not. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. they have, like, their draft pick from last year, and he's good, but he was, like, drafted, like, almost 30th, so, like, you, I mean, you don't want to put too much pressure on this kid, like, he's not, like, a game changer, yeah. you know, so, it's just weird, yeah. especially because their philosophy, like, they won on youth and speed, right, and then they got slower, and then they trade, they don't have any more and got prospects. Older. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, we're all like, oh, my gosh, Jake Gensel. And he's like, yeah, I'm 26. And we're just like, oh, so you're not 21 anymore? And he was like, I got here at I never was. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> I got here at 23. So it just seems like Rutherford knows that by the time the Penguins need to rebuild, he's not going to be here. So he's just like, yeah. fuck it. Which is fair, but you also don't have to say fuck it this hard. You know? Like, you... <laughs> You can care like, a little bit. Like, don't be. It's like he's saving a. He's save. He's trying to save his job now, but not like in the future. Because like he know he probably knows that this isn't sustainable. So he knows eventually he's gonna get fired. But it's just like you should be trying to keep your job anyway. I don't know. Well, it's he's, hockey. He knows that he can get fired, and then three years later, some other yeah. team is gonna be like, "Oh, this guy was a GM, and we only like to hire the middle-aged white guys who were GMs before, even if they even ran franchises." Yeah, he's a senior citizen. Yes, <laughs> like this is his last go. Like they, he, there's no way he can work for another team as the like, as a, general manager. Watch in like two, three years, he's gonna be Arizona's general <laughs> manager. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Arizona better hope that they're still a team by then because, like, I'm ready to burn the whole organization down and start over. Oh, man. They probably won't be in Arizona, even if they are a team, just based on, like, how terrible that situation seems, like, from, from like, financials to a topic we're going to get to later, I think. 
So speaking of Arizona and their bad choices. So with the first pick, with their first pick of the draft in the fourth round, because they had to surrender their first round picks, the Arizona Coyotes drafted Mitchell Miller from Ohio, and he is currently at the University of North Dakota. So in an article by, I forget the name of the website, like AZ Central or something like that, it came out that um, Mitchell Miller, he he was convicted for bullying a black classmate with developmental disabilities when he was in the eighth grade. And the student that he bullied was named Isaiah Meyer Crothers. So in 2016, Miller admitted to the Ohio Juvenile Court to bullying Myers, Meyer Crothers. So some of the things that he did are pretty horrific and like inhumane. So one of the main things was that he tricked him into licking a push pop that Miller and others wiped on a bathroom urinal. He repeatedly called him the N-word. And this wasn't something that was an isolated incident. This is something that has been going on, Isaiah and his family said, since he was in the second grade. And at the time, because of Isaiah's developmental disability, he had the cognitive ability of a 10-year-old when he was in the eighth grade. So they were really taking advantage advantage of him. So Isaiah said that um, Mitchell pretended to be pretended to be my friend and made me do things that I didn't want to do. In junior high, I got beat up by him. Everyone thinks he's so cool that he gets to go to the NHL, but I don't see how someone can be cool when you pick on someone and bully someone your entire life. And his punishment, I guess I would say, was that Mitchell had to serve 25 days of community service, and he had to write an apology to Isaiah and his family so he did do the court-ordered apology, but he never um, apologized to Isaiah in person. So it, it came out that the Arizona Coyotes knew that this was, this was something that happened, and they drafted him anyway, believing that they, um, that they could reform him and that he was someone that they themselves can reform. It's since come out, they rescinded the draft pick since a lot of people put a lot of pressure on him saying that like, how can you draft someone like this when everyone knew that he's, everyone knew that he did this while showing no sign of remorse because again, he never apologized to Isaiah or his family or anything and he and I think it did come out that he still continued to like bully him afterwards so this story came out by two like Arizona like local reporters no NHL beat reporters no national people no and no hockey media put out this story first like this had this was local and it came out later that a lot of people knew about this like they knew that he bullied this kid they knew about um, the fact that he went to juvenile court and they just kind of quiet about everything. And yeah. in an athletic article that we'll link in the show notes, 
it came out that all 31 teams knew about this incident and a lot every team besides the Coyotes decided not to draft him and the Coyotes decided to take it upon themselves to draft this player without reaching out to the family to do any follow-up to um, just take the Mitchell's word and say that he seems like he's grown and, and has atoned for his sins when, like Chrissy said, he has not. As of right now, um, we don't even know if he's even reached out to Isaiah's family. And it just, it hurts them. It hurts even more because the Coyotes, their owner is one of, is the first Latino president and CEO of an NHL club and is on the NHL's uh, executive inclusion council or yeah, inclusion council. And so (laughs) like, I mean, you can't, it's, it's, bad to laugh at this but like as I'm like speech like what do you even say he wrote every team like a letter or about like hey like this is what I did blah 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 I'm trying to atone whatever so he knew like he knew that this was something that could mess up his career like he knew if this came out it would be bad so he tried to get ahead of it and then I think some teams looked into it further and they were just like no (laughs) like it's one thing I would say like it's one thing to call someone the n-word right but like it's another thing to repeatedly like bully someone and just just be inhumane to someone who you know has a developmental disability like I'm not saying like either or but like how are you gonna continue to do this and like there was another person that was convicted with Miller and they apologized like profusely and like because you know like they got in trouble but Miller was just like okay and yeah and there's reports now that I've been like seeing on Twitter that it wasn't just Isaiah like there's other people that he allegedly and like I don't know the details on that I've just like seen like apparently the judge said victims during the sentencing and not victim and Mm. like when you're 14 years old, like, you know, right from wrong, like you may not, like, you might think it's cool to like, call somebody a slur. But like, you know, that's wrong. And like, you know, it's wrong to like, beat up kids. And you know, it's especially wrong to do it to somebody who is like, thinks you're cool and wants to be your friend. And it's just, I'm so, so tired (laughs) of the NHL thinking like oh well our league is so great we can obviously make this kid better when there's probably a bunch of other kids in the NHL who just didn't get caught doing this kind of stuff and like I'm glad that we're talking about it and I'm I'm glad that they like gave up the rights to his pick but the fact that the pick was made and everybody knew about it like EP rinkside said that we took him off of our board because we knew about this like we just didn't report on it we just like dropped him from the board didn't discuss it we didn't like want to bring attention to this guy we didn't think anyone would pick him and like they've apologized and they've said like we should have done we should have reported on it we should have been better but it shouldn't matter how good you are at this at a sport like if you've done this kind of thing like you should not get a second chance like you like you messed up someone's life for life, you kind of deserve the punishment you get. Right. And playing in the NHL is not a right just because you're good at hockey. It's a privilege. And there are so many 
players of color that don't get that second chance. Like Josh Hosang is still in the NA, like in the AHL because people think he has like an attitude problem. And then like the fact that this kid was even drafted when every single team knew about this. And then for the for the Coyotes to be like, yeah, we think that we have in-house what it takes to rehabilitate him and make him a leader to go against bullying or whatever. When, like, why would you need to do that if what he said in his letter was that, like, he was sorry and he know what he did was wrong? So why do you need to rehab him? So obviously you know that he isn't a good, like, he isn't a good kid. Like, and like, I, I want to be clear for any of anyone listening who doesn't know specifically what Miller did. So like Chrissy said, it was said that he like, he had like a ring pop or a lollipop. I'm not sure which exactly, but it was some type of candy like that, that he like wiped around a urinal. But then other reports said that Mitchell and the friend that was um, with him doing these incidents, uh, like urinated on that candy and then gave it to Isaiah. Then there, Isaiah's mother said that he physically assaulted Isaiah and like bashed his head against a brick wall. And so what we're saying, like at 14, like Hannah said, it's like, okay, like, you know, when you could just be a dick at 14, because I know I was just like a little dick. And this isn't like that. This is assault. This is cruel. This is something that needs to be like, that's why it went to juvenile court. Like it is a huge issue. It's not just something that's like, oh, well, he picked on me. It's like, no, he assaulted a kid. And that's why that like this behavior is not something that you can just be like, oh, well, you know what? He learned right from wrong. Like he apologized. Like, well, one, he didn't. And two, like, I don't I this sounds weird to say, but like there's an evil in a kid who does that. Like, why would you want to torture someone? And then, like, everyone's saying, why would you want to torture a person who cannot even stand up or stick up to themselves because they're not in that mental state that they could? And that's, like, you're just picking on someone, and that's an easy target, and that's cruel. So, like, this kid does not deserve to be in at the University of North Dakota. Like, he does not deserve to be in the draft because what he did was not right. And it doesn't matter. It's like, oh, well, you can't ruin someone's life. There are undrafted players in the NHL. Like, but he does not deserve the privilege to be drafted. And yet he was. And that's a problem. And for everyone, like I've seen a lot of people, and I mean, I'm very much too online, but I've seen a lot of people say, well, like, you know, um, like everyone does shitty things at, at 14. And you know what? I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it because the reports that are coming out of like juniors and like the way that these kids haze each other and the way that the, the adults just turn the blind eye, similar like what the NHL did to Miller being drafted, that is inhumane the way these kids are being treated. Like it's just, it. there's no way, there's no way that this should be happening. Like, it's, it's just disgusting. This happened in 2016. Like, yeah. we literally were just talking right. about how the penguin, like Penguins won and there were kids being, like, 14-year-old kids, like, assaulting people. Like, And like you said, like, this wasn't normal bullying. Like, normal bullying in and of itself is, like, you know, fucked up. Like, you know, you get beat up. Like, someone cyber bullies you. Like, that in and of itself, that's normal bullying. But this is, like... Like, he got creative with the shit that he was doing. 
And it's just like, you're not, you're not right in the head if you do shit like that. And I can, like, I can make sense of hate, like, hazing in juniors. Like, I'm not saying that it's right. Like, I can, like, it's the culture or whatever, whatever. Like, that you're in a school. Like, no one is telling you to do this. No one is forcing Mm -hmm. you to do this. This is something that you came up with by yourself. You didn't have to do this to look cool. Like, you're, like, he already thought that you were a cool person. So you didn't have to do this. This was just something that you did because you're an evil person. That's just what it is. And I think a lot of it, like, does come down to the the hockey culture of it all. Where, like, so many of the people saying, like, everyone does stupid shit when they're, you know, 14, 15, 16, are the same people who probably did this kind of stuff to teammates and they think it is just normal but like like you said Christy like hazing very wrong but like different context you're on a team together and so like it shouldn't be expected but that's kind of like as we've learned what goes on in the OHL but you're in school like this is a classmate and it's infuriating that like we just keep writing it off as like oh well boys will be boys and like that's just like what people do when they're that age I don't know when I was 14 I went to Speedway and I stole a Slurpee like I didn't like I didn't bash someone's head in to a wall or like do anything like this terrible like you do stupid stuff when you're a kid but there's a really big difference between stupid stuff and actual assault (laughs) yeah yeah I I do want to read the CEO of the Coyotes the his the statement before and then the statement they released today after uh <laughs> just just to show the just the ridiculousness of the nhl all right given our priorities on diversity and inclusion we believe that we are in the best position to guide mitchell into becoming a leader for the cause and preventing bullying and racism now and in the future as an organization we have made our expectations very clear to him and we're willing to work with Mitchell and put in the time, effort, and energy and provide with him with the necessary resources and platform to confront bullying and racism. Okay, this is what he said today. We have learned more about the entire matter and more importantly, the impact it has had on Isaiah and the Myers Carruthers family. What we learned does not, <laughs> what we've learned does not align with the core values and vision of our organization and leads to our decision to denounce our, dra- our draft rights. And then Bill Armstrong, the GM, said, I fully support our decision to renounce Mitchell Miller's draft rights. It was a unique situation to me not being able to participate in this year's draft, and we were going to, through a rough transition with our scouting department. Mitchell is a good hockey player, but we need to do the right thing as an organization, not just as a hockey team. I'd like to apologize to Isaiah and the Myers Carruthers family for everything they have dealt with the past few months. I wish them all the best in the future. So two completely different, like just different responses, but also the first apology given to the Myers Carruthers family. Isaiah's mother was very vocal and she also said one part, like yeah, the fact that uh, Mitchell got um, convicted of the, the crime in juvenile court was because there was video evidence and like they didn't mm. show it in court because he pled guilty. But if he wouldn't have pled guilty, um, they would have shown it. And she said that like they, w- they were asked to release the footy- footage now, but she was like, she doesn't want to humiliate her son because it was humiliating what they made him do. And I think that's what's like 
so upsetting to me. Like, if they were to end up keeping Mitchell or whatever, then Isaiah would have just been, oh, he's just, like, the only reason his name is out right now and he has to relive this whole thing is that because the Coyotes drafted him. Like, if they, if no one ever drafted him, like, obviously, like, that trauma is still going to live with him, but it wouldn't have been brought up in, like, a national context. Like, so now this kid's life is disrupted once again because of, like, this boy. It's all, it, the whole situation is bigger than hockey, but, like, on, from a media perspective, it's gotten bigger than hockey. Like, people outside of the hockey realm who, like, I'm sure have never paid attention to sports in their life are talking about this. Mm-hmm. And, like, that poor, like, that poor kid is just, like, like, no one needed to know about it. And, like, the Coyotes did this to him by drafting this kid. And that just really sucks. Because no one wants to relive their trauma. And especially no one wants to relive their trauma on, like, a national scale. And that that's the shitty part about all of this is that so many times people have to relive their trauma for people, like, to, to hold people accountable for their actions. Like, if Isaiah didn't speak up or his mother didn't speak up, like, this kid would have still been drafted and playing in the NHL. And... It's just not fair. Like, I just think back on, like, Akeem Alu, like, him having to relive his trauma for it to feel like, to, for people to see that, like, yeah, this is happening. Or, like, all the people in the, um, I think it's, like, the OHL case. Like, them all, all having to relive their trauma because at every single level, they were let down. Every single, like, no one did their due diligence to check to make sure that, these kids were being safe and these kids were, you know, in an environment that was nurturing and not toxic for them. It's just like Hannah said, it's just like the arrogance of the NHL. And it's like every single org that falls under the NHL from like college hockey, from USA hockey. Cause I heard that they invited Mitchell to, to their training camp. Like this guy could be playing in world juniors at some point. I don't know if they will after this, but he could, no matter what they say, they don't, they're not trying to do their due diligence again. like we've always said, the coyotes renouncing the draft pick is just, it's reactionary, not proactive. Yeah. You wouldn't have to do this if you never drafted him. That's your fourth draft pick that you've had like taken away. (laughs) Like you wasted a draft pick. I just kind of think of like how the NHL always makes like national news when they're doing something bad, (laughs) when they're doing something bad, it's never anything good. And then I just like, why would you, why would you want someone like that on your team in your locker room? Because I think of other guys that are known like, bullies like known racists that are in NHL locker rooms and it's just like these are toxic people like being racist and being not racist it's not like oh like oh you're a Republican and I'm a Democrat like it's it's not a political view like these are human lives that we're talking about and yes right now your locker room is mostly white people but eventually you're gonna have other people in there so what are you going to do when these people are targeted by players on your team like I think it was either Nick Cousins or Tony D'Angelo who they kept getting traded they kept going from team to team to team before they were like 25 because they were 
so bad in the locker room. And it's just like, there's a reason why these people are being traded. It doesn't matter how good they are. Like, your skills should not outweigh who you are as a person and what you can bring inside the locker room. Because you can be good and you can be a cancer in the locker room. That's not a good saying. You can be a bad influence in the locker room. Like, you know, so I just don't, I don't get it. And, like, the NHL keeps talking and talking and talking and saying we're listening and we're learning. And, like, we're trying and we're figuring it out. And we have this inclusion initiative and whatever. But until you actually start at, like, the grassroots level to create a space that is safe and, like, welcoming to all kinds of players, like, you're going to keep having guys like this Mitchell Miller kid who get drafted because everyone thinks it's fine to behave that way because that's how so many players behave. Mm -hmm. And see, I don't know. In my mind, I don't think the NHL actually wants to do the work to be better and to create an environment in a locker room that's like, look, it's diverse. We have players of all different nationalities and cultures. No. And and if they think that their locker room is going to get diverse or it would end up being diverse, the players of color or different cultures that are there, they're going to be so like trained to be like everybody else. Cause that's what hockey culture is meant to do. You have to, you are not different. Everyone is the same and there is a hierarchy by your skill level. And that's just how it is. Like I, I have no doubt in my mind that there is a player probably on every single team that is just like Mitchell Miller that just didn't get caught. I just know that they've done even way worse things because like we've talked about earlier that like just hazing, just the stories that come out of juniors, like there's, there's no doubt in my mind that there's players like that on every team. Yeah. My thing is, even if you take out the, like the humanitarian like aspect of it, I think it's still what the NHL is doing is not sustainable because um, the U.S. and Canada are continually being becoming more and more diverse. So you're losing out on a section of the population that could bring in revenue for you when especially when the NHL is so focused on like, where are we making money? Like, should we have a 20th outdoor game this year? Because we need to make more money where you can have. You can have more fans of color or you can have more minority players in the league if you show that you care about them or you care about their lives and their humanity and they just cannot. They just cannot do it. And it's just like, why do you think, why do you think like um, the NBA or football or even soccer is are more popular than than hockey it's because they have a diverse fan base so it's like that gives you more freedom to do stuff because you you don't have to worry about like oh no I don't want to piss off this section of the fan base because you have more people watching so even just like monetarily it doesn't make sense well the NHL really thinks their target audience is white dudes between the age of 18 and 50 like if you are anywhere outside of that then you are not like a typical NHL fan, which I think is insane. Like so many NHL games you go and there's like people of all different walks of life. Like there's women, 
there are people of color. There are gay people. Like, it's not just a bunch of white dudes in the stands. And by only catering to that very specific group of fans, you limit your revenue. If it if it's a it's a business, if that's what it comes down to, you are limiting your source of income by right. not expanding and trying to actually show people that you're doing something instead of just saying we're listening and learning because listening and le- like you should have been listening and learning this whole damn time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just and like, you ever cool. notice how like Gary Batman was the commissioner of basketball and then he left and they started, they got way better. Yeah. Anyone he was, the commissioner, was, he yeah. was the commissioner was, of basketball during their worst time. Yeah. It was the worst era. And there was a, um, so there was like an article in, I think it was sports illustrated like 1990 where it basically said hockey is like the next frontier in sports. And it was saying like basketball wasn't, it wasn't basketball. And then the last 30 years basketball has skyrocketed because they did a lot of like, I'm going to call it pandering because that's kind of what it is to like people that they knew would like the game. And they went out and they spent money in communities to get people in the game, into the games and they made it fun. It's a fun product. Yeah. And it, it doesn't hurt that they had Michael Jordan and LeBron James come mm-hmm. around who are like two of the greatest players ever. But we have yeah. Sidney Crosby right now. Yeah, we have Alex like, Ovechkin. McDavid is here. Like, McDavid. Oh, let's did. talk about Jack, actually. Let's push McDavid okay. over. Are we going to talk about Jack Eichel? Yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah, that's out. We got... I will. I have oh, time. Yeah. yeah, but it's just, it's insane that, like, and then there's all these people, my husband included, who are just like, oh, well, like, that meant a lot to grow the game. And then my argument is always like, but what if it had been someone else who did more? I understand that he did. You're right. He got us a TV deal. It was great that we started on the fishing channel. <laughs> like, it's just, like, there was so much more that could have been done. And there's so many more fans and markets that could have been tapped into if it had been done in a different way. Like, we'll obviously never know what could have been. But I hate the argument that, like, under Batman, we've grown so much because, sure, but, like, that that doesn't actually show us what the real potential was. Like, in 1990, people thought the NHL was the next frontier in sports in the United States and in Canada. It still, like, is in Canada, whatever. But basketball is starting to overtake hockey in Canada because the Raptors are good and they're fun and it's an accessible sport. Like everyone can pick up a ball and play. You don't have to spend a bunch of money on gear. It's just really frustrating when you see other countries do a really great job of making it accessible to like everyone. Sweden, small country, but players don't really buy their own gear there. Like when you outgrow your gear, it gets passed down to somebody else. And it's mostly stays within a team, kind of like football programs in the United States where like, you don't buy your own pads. (laughs) They're provided by the team. Like, why isn't that a thing we're doing in hockey? Like, why are we intentionally putting in barriers to make it harder for people who don't have the resources to play? It's, it's frustrating because this is such a fun sport. Like watching hockey is so fun, but like, there's so many problems within hockey. See why it turns people off. And we're at such a good time in hockey. We have so many emerging players and Ovechkin and Sid are still playing. Like we're kind of at like a crossroads where all the new, young, exciting guys, they're still like they're emerging and they're kind of coming to their prime where it's like Sid, Malkin, Ovi, they're still good and they're still relevant. So it's just like this is this would be a great time to grow the game but and the like, one thing I wanted to ask you guys that I 
I found I saw a lot of and even like today there's still like arguments on Twitter about but what we were talking about with the coyotes cancel culture on Twitter that's like a huge thing it gets men especially white men because it's hockey Twitter but it gets them riled up like they get upset and I just want to know like who actually was canceled by cancel culture like who what white man could never yeah like could never show his face in public again because he got canceled so bad no one Uh, like what well i guess like maybe harvey weinstein because he went to jail i was gonna say that well okay that's (laughs) but that's the thing is it's not but did he get canceled or convicted like he got canceled is that there's no such thing as cancel culture it's been branded as that by people mostly white people who don't like to be held accountable for their actions. It is accountability culture where you are being held accountable for your actions and how they impacted other people. And white people, especially don't like to be told that something they did in their past could have negatively affected somebody. So they don't like when other people are held accountable for it. My thing with like, um, just like cancel culture or like accountability culture or whatever I always, like, I'm always down for people, like, having toxic, um, toxic, like, beliefs and then, like, growing from them because obviously, like, as people, we're not stagnant. Like, we always grow, like, we find new things and, okay, we can change our belief systems, right? Um, Because, like, I'm not the same person that I was when I was 14. I was probably saying some horrendous things. But, like, my thing, my thing is just, like, Okay, so is Mitchell or whatever, is he actually going to learn from this? And is he actually going to be like, yeah, like, I actually did a really fucked up thing. Like, I, like it makes sense why, like, my thing, my draft or whatever was rescinded. Like, all of this makes sense. Or is he just going to be like, oh, my God, people are so sensitive nowadays. Ah, ah, ah. Like, why did this happen? Like I already, already, um, already had my consequences. So I'm always nervous when people get. I mean, obviously we are we're, we still need to hold people accountable, but I'm always nervous that like they're only saying it because they want it to go away, and they're not actually like growing from it. And like, yeah. there's no way to guarantee that someone is growing from something. And that's not my responsibility or that's not my job to make sure that you do that. Like, that's all you. Yeah, I think it is. It is really tough in those situations because you have to like if people hadn't essentially like thrown a fit and called him out on Twitter, then he'd probably still be like a potential signee of the Arizona Coyotes. So it's like, like you have to we have to do that, which sucks. Like one day, maybe we won't have to do that. But it does worry me too. Cause like I have people that I've cut out of my life because I've like called them out on their toxic bullshit. And instead of taking it as like me coming from a place of love, trying to like help them grow, they've assumed that I was like trying to ruin their lives and they dug in and they like cling to those toxic behaviors more because they don't like to be called out about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, it takes a certain kind of person to actually grow and to actually want to learn. And I don't know. I don't think this, you know, 18 year old kid is that probably that kind of person. I hope I'm wrong. You know, I hope in 10 years he like he issues a real apology and he says, here's how I've grown. Here's what I'm doing. I think of it like now 
as he's growing older, in in his mind, he can be like, well, instead of him being like, oh, the perpetrator or someone that was targeting someone, he was just like, no, I was targeted because of a mistake that I made yeah. when I was 14. Yeah. And like you said, like, he takes on a victim mentality and instead, like, digs in and doesn't, like, grow from anything. And that, I don't know, I just think about that a lot. I mean, that's a good, that's a good point, because I could see it really going closer to Christy's way than what you said, Hannah, which I don't know, maybe I'm not giving this kid any credit, but I honestly don't think he deserves it. So is this like the first time his life has actually been impacted by this? Because he got to call, he went to college on a hockey scholarship, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, he's playing college, college hockey at a division one school. Like, there's a good chance he's not paying much, if anything, for that Mm -hmm. program. His life is not really impacted by this. Yeah. So and he's not going to play in the NHL, but I bet you that he goes overseas and he plays there and he makes plenty of money and he has a grand old time because uh, he doesn't actually care. What a nightmare. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Every day. What a night. What a nightmare of an organization. Yeah. All right. All let's right. move on to something fun. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I have to roll up my sleeves. So, um, today we're going to play Love Island Hockey Edition. So, there are six available free agents. So, these guys have not been signed by a team yet. And um, each of us, so Hannah, Danielle, and me, we're going to have two teams. And we are going to couple up with these available players. So, we're not acting as ourselves. We're acting as our teams. Hannah picked the Sabres and the Flames. Danielle picked the Flyers and the Canucks. And I pick the Jets and the Bolts. So our order is going to be Buffalo, Winnipeg, Calgary, Vancouver, Philly, and then Tampa. So, Hannah, since you are first, who would you like to couple up with? I didn't need to do my Carolyn Flack. I need to do, I need to do my British accent really quick. <laughs> The guy wants a couple up with <laughs> I want to couple up with this boy because he's really fast and I think he hasn't gotten a fast shake at any team that he's gone on and people keep getting rid of him even though he's so good and I think he's wonderful. So the boy that I want to couple up with is Anthony Duclair. Oh my god. <laughs> Like, he really hasn't gotten a shot. Like, I know. <laughs> so one of the couple yeah. up where I'm, like, a little bit tearing up. I'm like, oh, my God. I can, see a really, need... I can see a future with them. Yeah, and the Sabres need a really good, fast middle six forward, and he is that. So I'm I'm here for Anthony Duclair. There will be no Anthony Duclair slander in this house. No, you will <laughs> oh, you're not going to find it here. <laughs> um, okay. Damn, I can't do the accent. <laughs> Like, if okay. you do the accent, you know I'm clipping that. Like, you know it. I <laughs> no, can't just do it. I can't. <laughs> I'll be like, you mugged me off. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> the Islander I would like to couple up with is he's tall. He he is a defenseman, which we need. He's from a competitor. And honestly, I like that petty revenge, the enemies to, lo- to lovers dynamic. I love that. So the Islander I would like to couple up with is Travis Hamnick. Damn it. 
<laughs> shouldn't have picked the teams I liked. Should have picked the ones that were bad. Dang it. Let me see if I can channel a different British accent. Um, I'll try to go posh this time. <clears throat> the boy I would like to couple up with this time is... Oh, I can't do that. Um, I want to couple up with this guy. He is actually kind of toxic. Uh, been moved around a bit because he is a in a truly toxic situation. Um, but he's still good at hockey. And this is just about hockey. Like, I'm sorry, but... The, the Calgary Flames would really like Mike Hoffman. They could use a scoring winger. Um, Johnny Goudreau had some troubles this season. Uh, Mike Hoffman might be able to to step up. I'm glad that you guys got Mike Hoffman when Johnny's traded to Philly halfway through the season. So. <laughs> Listen, Mike Hoffman's going to create a relationship so toxic. <laughs> and Philly and Johnny are going to find love. That's going to be talk. To- that's only in the island or in the villa and then they'll break up (laughs) okay um finally vancouver uh we pulled this boy aside before and we really wanted to talk to him um but he was picked earlier so i think we're gonna go try out a friendship a friendship relationship um with this boy because um our defense is really bad or it's suspect and this person could help out. If not, we will flip him at the trade deadline. Um, we would like to couple up with Sammy Vatnin. It's still early days, but <laughs> like, like it's this is where Sammy day. goes in for the hug, and we're like, "Ooh, we're just mm. like the." <laughs> <laughs> you guys sit like three feet apart from each other. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, "Hey, Anthony, do you wanna have a have a chat? I'm just gonna pull you for a bit." <laughs> And they're like, she's a villain. I'm just like, he's just like a bit of me. He's just a bit of me. <laughs> a bit of me. <laughs> he got me toast. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh man. I, I, oh, okay, my that's, I'm, oh no, I'm next because Philly. <clears throat> okay. Hmm. Hmm. Who is worse? I'll leave that for Christy. I mean, can you really tell? So. Uh, this this boy that I want to couple up with, he was not my first choice, but he's such a sweet guy that I do want to, to, to see him find love, hopefully later on in the villa, like someone comes in that's his type on paper, because he's actually not our type on paper, but we, like, we want to be in a friendship with Craig Anderson. <laughs> so... The boy I want to couple up with is the only <laughs> one left. Oh, but that doesn't. Oh, but that doesn't mean like say the best, like the worst for last. Like he was on some really good teams, on some really bad teams, had a really bad year this year. So the boy Tampa wants to couple up with is Corey Schneider because he might not even get to play with that. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> this is where all of a sudden um, they come in and they're like, "There's the fans have been voting, and they're going to vote one couple off right now, and it's Tampa oh. and Corey Schneider." Oh my god! So we have to pick. Do we want to keep Tampa or Corey Schneider? Oh, oh my, my god. god, Hannah, who would you pick? Like, if I had to pick between Tampa and Corey Schneider, yeah. Oh, hey, hey, hey. I guess you picked Tampa because they're the whole team. 
<laughs> oh no, I was gonna pick Corey Snyder and be like, bye Tampa. Everyone I mean, if Tampa gets picked or gets kicked off the island, does that mean all of the the players become islanders and we can try to like pick from the team? Because I would take yeah. Braden Point. No. Yeah, I would I would take um Tyler Johnson, but I'll wait till he was bought out and then I'd take him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at you. You guys are like vultures ready. <laughs> yeah, of course. You have to. Gross. Even if it was like for a team that wasn't that good, like if it was Detroit, I'd be like, I get, I'm taking Larkin. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. Oh, that's it. That's all I have. Yeah, this would have been so much better if we had better um <laughs> available players, <laughs> but this yeah. is slim pickings. <laughs> Hopefully, Anthony Duclair gets picked up since we put some good. Uh, Good vibes out into the world with this game for him since he was a hot commodity. I had Galchenyuk on here, but he got yeah signed. he got signed he got snatched up yeah. What is Mike Hoffman waiting for? A good deal probably. I just don't want to know why he won't pick a one year deal. He's not going to get the like most players are being smart and doing one year deals this year because they know that the cap will probably go up after this year as long as there's like a regular length of a season um but whatever whatever the reason players are signing short deals i'm fine with it because i have taylor hall on my team now well that concludes this episode of where's my stick um feel free to follow us at where underscore my underscore stick and hannah if you have anything to plug feel free uh, everyone follow me on Twitter um, for lots of sad Sabres takes and yelling. It is hburrito92. <laughs> and thanks again for joining us. It. Bye. Bye.